Hey, nerds. Support Venture Forth over on our Patreon to unlock exclusive bonus content. Now, onto the show. Greetings. I didn't see you there, but now I see everything. I'm Shreya. And I'm your DM, Ethan. Welcome to Venture Forth. Previously, you had left the rest of your party in the Zakir ruins and made your way west towards Marstock. After a treacherous battle with the climate and the environment around you, you were able to make it over the mountains, over the forest, and to Marstock itself. After a brief exchange with Hayfried, you were able to catch a teleportation circle to the city of Saddlemount, where you were immediately greeted by the bustling naval presence there. Ships being loaded with these arcane and intricately designed cannons. You didn't think to spend too much time there as it isn't quite your scene and decided to instead continue on towards your final destination of Keyed. As you began flying in a northwestern direction, you flew over Estergrove and immediately noticed the deep oranges and reds that encapsulate this forest. Where you would normally see green on trees, now you are seeing red leaves, red branches, red plants in this this beautiful tapestry of warm colors. And as sunset came over the horizon, you finally reached the town of Keed. After a little bit of investigation as a squirrel, you were able to overhear two people talking about a member of the Iron Light, a possible member of the Iron Light that they had seen just that day. After some investigation, they had told you that a woman was seen battling with a creature of the river. Now assuming that this to be an Iron Light member, you decided to track them down into the forest where you heard rustling in the trees and retreated into the stone itself of this stone path before you. And as you merged yourself within the stone, two feet hit the path. A cloaked figure pulled a sword from their side and with two taps, lit the sword with green flames. They seemed to look around, almost puzzled, Though you can't see their face, their actions and their movements seem to be searching, most likely for you. So Shreya, as you have become one with the stone path and this hooded figure with a flaming sword only 10 feet away from you, what would you like to do? Uh, Well, first of all, is there any point at which after this person lit this blade, uh, who I'm guessing at this point is bearing all the same descriptors and uh, characterizations that uh, Kalen, right? This matches the description. You cannot see who this is. They are fully cloaked. Oh, they're There's fully cloaked. You have not seen their face. The only distinguishing thing is a sword that 
that has green flames on it. This sword has green flames. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. At any point, have they, well, in this case, uh, at any point, would they have stumbled across or physically come into contact with me across the stone path uh, as they've been walking around? At this point, you can see this figure darts around and takes a defensive posture, gripping their sword with two hands. And as they take one step back, two steps back, they continue whipping around, looking, trying to to keep their senses in a 360-degree arc. And one more step back steps right on top of you. Uh, As that step goes on top of me, uh, I am going to... uh, I'm going to cast the same spell that I had cast on Timmy before... Uh, I'm uh, I'm a, a blue light glows from the area of stone underneath me as I cast resistance on myself, and so this patch of the stone path glows with blue and pulses as this uh, figure steps on me. And as soon as that happens, they take their foot and immediately retreat back a few steps, pointing their sword directly down at the stone area that is Shreya. And as that blue outline uh, outlines parts of my body, uh, I'm going to break my stone camouflage and reach my hand out with the blue still pulsing from the center of it and attempt to cast resistance on this figure as well, if they are willing. Okay, um, seeing a, a creature form out of this stone and attempt to cast something on them, they are not going to be willing. Okay. So is that, uh, is that a roll for me? Uh, or does it just fail? You no, know, if, it, if it's not willing, then it just automatically fails. Okay. Um, they do not accept it. Great. Uh, they immediately point their sword at your throat. Take one step forward. Uh, I'm going to jump back from the sword and please I'm going to have a moment please and you hear from underneath the hood who are you I mean you know harm I mean not many in this world very much harm my name is Shreya. I'm a being that feels most at home above the surface, if I'm being honest. But who might I come to know you as? Who are you? And as they take another step forward, the flames that are dancing across the sword almost are enough to whip up into your face. You just feel the heat coming off of the blade. That is of no concern to you. I suggest you go back the way you came and do so quietly and forgetting of what you have seen here. I'm gonna tap my staff against the ground. Uh, 
and changed the color uh, to the colors that I'd shown those two uh, humans earlier. And as the as the burnt blue and brown colors emerge from my crystal in the center of the staff, uh, I'm going to. Oh man, I really hope you let me do this. Uh, I'm gonna paint. <laughs> I'm gonna like slowly, like try to slow down the rays of light and attempt to paint what I think I can remember might be an iron light symbol with like the combination of of drawing mist and molecule and light. I'm I'm basically making a minor illusion or trying for sure. to. Um, for sure, you are just able to capture the last few beams of of light from the sunset that are coming through this forest and you're able to make the symbol. She walks up closer and puts her sword almost directly on your shoulder, right next to your neck. How came you by the symbol? One of the members. One of the... God, I'm so bad at this. I say under my breath. I come with a message from another who seeks their solace under this symbol that bade me reach this place as soon as I could. That, and I look back up toward the symbol, that the very purest meaning of this symbol had been cast into doubt and that there may be rumblings that could and as I wave my uh, staff again, could unravel it completely. And uh, as I wave my staff again to alter the illusion, uh, I attempt to crack the symbol from within and cause it to dissipate. Speak your next words very carefully. How came by you this symbol? And how, in what way, may I trust you? As she just moves her sword an inch closer to your neck. You must believe me when I say this. That members of your order, and you'll have to forgive my ineptitude with the lexicon and the language, but you trusted sentinels of your order had bid me give you aid. And I came to know the symbol because I fight alongside another in your order. Though I am not a member myself. Are you here to kill me? No. Kalen. if you could help me find this person, if this symbol is familiar to you, it is urgent that I give this person aid as soon as possible. What type of aid do you seek to give, Kaelin? Well, one, I am to determine the nature of a fallen ally. And to determine the nature and make sure the nature of whether they are still in one piece and if they are still presiding here and what they may know 
about the treachery that might be afoot. You say that you have befriended two members of the Iron Light Collective. Why did they simply not come to speak with me themselves? They're in a far-flung, far-flung corner of the world from here. Me in my natural state am able to travel great distances as I spread out my wings and uh, at the tap of my wings, uh, as they reach their full apex, um, a spark of the magic uh, that is uh, of wild shape starts to gradually shift my body to give the semblance of how my physical form could change if I were to fully realize it. And myself, I myself am able to cover great distances and assume many forms. It was entrusted to me, this task. By whom? By a Flynn fellow weave and a Zorkal. They said in this form that I may get here with great speed and the time was inherently of the essence. Make a persuasion check for me. Ooh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, 15. You can see her hand slightly relax from the sword. She sort of slides it off of your shoulder, still holding it in her hand. Flynn and Zorkal sent you. Well, we'd happened upon Zorkal much by the fates. He had been sent on a mission far, far into the Southland. And we, with our own personal stake in it, were sent, well, took it upon ourselves to go as well, as there are chaotic forces in this world that I shudder to even speak of. But Zorkal had heard himself, and his original intent was to come here himself to give Kaelin aid. But unfortunately, there was a command from from higher up in the order, at least that's what we were told, that was preventing him from getting here. You can see she sort of twitches her sword slightly as the green flames are completely extinguished. She slides the sword back into its sheath. She raises a hand up and slowly takes down her hood. As you can now, for the first time, see a young, half-elven woman. Am I to take it that you call yourselves a member of the Iron Light Collective itself? Not presently. No. But I did yes you bring word from Zorkal that is what you said yes yes is the name that I mentioned earlier Kalen familiar to you whatsoever that would be myself that is you. Yes, that is me. 
And, based on what I know, how might I have proof that you are, in fact, who you say you are? Well, in a similar fashion, in that I'm going to have to trust that you are who you say you are, I'm afraid that same courtesy is going to have to be extended to me. Well, it just so happens. My shorter friend uh, entrusted me with this. Uh, I'm going to look through search for the bow that Flynn gave me. All right, and it's right there, right where you put it. Great. This, but also this, and I extend my staff out and press my thumb to the back of it as the, the letters TM glow on the staff itself. And she sort of puts her hand up and, and grips the staff as well and just very gently sort of rubs her thumb across the letters there before she puts her hand back down. Well, in their absence, I'm fortunate that I now have a friend who might possibly be able to aid me in what I am trying to do here. Importantly, did Zorkal give you any information to bring to me? Unfortunately, time is of the essence with these things, and communication is essential. Is there anything that he told you to tell me? I, I, I didn't think so, and I'm going to put my uh, bow, the bow from Flynn, back in the bag. All right, and as soon as you put it back, um, you hear a crinkle of paper, and you don't carry around a whole lot of paper. No. Bark. Yeah. The closest thing. bark, yes. yes. Um, yeah, so you, you, it's it's uh, very recognizable as a, as a crinkle of paper that normally wouldn't be there. Well, what have we here? I'm going to reach in. Uh, I'll pick this up from... And then uh, open it out. And what do I see? Uh, you see a piece of paper there with um, some writing onto it. And as, as you read it, it says... Melru sent me south to follow up on a lead Flynn brought in. I will not be able to meet with you in person in Keed as originally planned. This eccentric bird shall take my place as messenger for the time being. Wince as I read that. <laughs> no suspicious activity within the castle yet. Melru continues to coordinate with too many sentinels for me to track. Per your account, I keep close watch on Ilonar, Chath, and Ori. No suspicions have arisen yet. Flynn is now within the circle. All else should be regarded with extreme caution. Signed, Zorkal. Well, it appears that... Yes, that Zorkal uh, has information that I've verified with my own accounts. And uh, I hand her uh, the, the paper as well. And as she's reading it, I'm going to gauge her reactions to it as right, well. Make an insight check for me. Yeah. And an interesting thing to note, as you are reading through this and as you hand over the paper, you almost don't notice it at first until it's in her hand. But all of a sudden when she has it, you notice that this letter is red. 
You didn't notice it because of all the red that's that's been around you, but you do notice that this letter almost looks like it's it's soaked in blood almost. It's it's this deep deep red. Um, but now that you hand it over, you you sort of grasp it. And what was that inside check? Oh, that was a, that was twenty four. Twenty four. She starts reading through it, and her expression seems to go from from understanding to inquisitive to disappointed, and then at the very end, a little hopeful, a little bit more cheery near the end where it says Flynn is now within the circle. Well, this is in some parts bad news and in other parts good news. I am delighted to know that we are expanding our circle of trust. At least in the very smallest part. Uh, even that you trust me, someone who has come from there. Are you uh, aware of all of the happenings up here in the north? What we are facing? Only very limitedly. I uh, was told very little but that I needed to reach you and I was told that you are no longer you've lost someone very close to you and that it was very important that you must not fall yourself well um (laughs) kind words uh I don't know that I would put that much importance upon myself though the information is what is paramount I am here in Keed, attempting to find another sentinel who is stationed up here. She sent a letter to the Iron Light Castle that intrigued me. As it appears the sentinels are being hunted and taken down, I came to inquire about the letter and to see if I could find anything further. Unfortunately, upon my arrival, I've not been able to find the person I'm looking for. It appears that this sentinel's ability to disappear into the forests are greater than I anticipated. I don't know what kind of eye into the forest you have, but I would hope to gain an ally in attempting to find this person. I know you are simply brought here as a messenger, But in order for me to send information back, I will first need to find this person. Would you be willing to help me? Yes. If it will help. The core reason of why I came to find you, it is within my interest that your interests be brought forward. Also, I might add, I am very much in touch with all that you see here, as I reverently uh, sweep my hand out across the forest. But before we move forward, this letter sent to the castle. Was it friend or foe? Was it an alert of foe? Or was it a foe itself being in agitation of the central castle itself? 
Well, you can take a look for yourself. And she reaches into her bag and pulls out a letter. Um, it appears that this letter was a transfer, it seems, a, a transfer from an original. And as she hands it over to you, you read on the letter. It says, your request is adamantly denied. It's an insult to the work I've done here in Keed and a disgrace to the oath we all took. I'm sure you can find what you're looking for elsewhere, but I will have no part in it. Signed, Donna Multora. And as she takes the letter back, this is the letter that I'm coming to inquire upon. Um, it appears that within our ranks, at least Donna was attempted to be recruited for some purpose. I do not know that purpose, which is why I'm here. But Donna eludes me, unfortunately. I simply wish to sit down and have a conversation with her and, well, see what she is denying and see what the request initially was. Maybe that might shed some more light on the deaths that I have seen. Indeed. When you track a forest creature who's seen terrible things, it may be in their very instinct to avoid contact with anything in the outside world. It sounds like whatever request was made of Donna might be causing her to completely shut herself out, or in, rather, to the forest landscape that surrounds us. That was my thought exactly. I'm glad we're on the same page. Mm. Well. well. <laughs> uh, and I glance over. I glance around. I, at this point, have but one true lead. And she reaches once again into her bag and pulls out um, a little peach pit. And she tosses it over to you. Uh, grab it. Look at it. Examine the divots in it. Is it uh, a seed? Are you uh, giving me some nourishment? Uh, I am quite hungry. No, I, I would not suggest eating that. Oh. Um, as you may or may not know, peaches are not native to this part in the world. They are native, though, to the town of Yellowseed. This is where Donna is originally from. I think perhaps she might be enjoying herself some uh, some memories from home as no one else around here I can tell can even grow peaches. What do you suggest as someone who knows the forest better than I do? Well, Maybe that perhaps I can... And I shift my wings again, uh, and a flicker of the transformative effect uh, happens once again. It could be that in another form, I might be able to track this scent. Much like a foraging creature with great speed might do. Perhaps. Perhaps we can track this scent and see if we can root out where a fuller 
uneaten one of these might be. You suggest we leave now, or shall we take a moment before we begin our journey? I suggest we start as soon as possible. Well then. I fear that the more time we spend talking, the less time we have until a possible uh, assassin comes to take Donna. Then we shall let time be our prodder. Uh, and at that, I thrust my uh, staff out. Uh, the tip of it gleams. Uh, it goes translucent as it corkscrews back into my arm. As that corkscrewing motion then corkscrews my entire body into this cyclical uh, stream of mirror shards, as that collapses in on itself, and uh, from the core of this light and purplish light, it goes to dark and turns. The light becomes these spindles of threads and fur and muscle and sinew and tissue as these eyes pop out from the center of it, and a head forms as the body of a wolf uh, goes back toward uh, the ground of the forest itself. Uh, and as I assume the form of this dire wolf, I thrust my, I thrust my snout uh, toward the peach pit and see if I can glean the scent of that peach. All right, um, I am gonna have you make a check here. It can yes. either be survival, nature, or perception. I'll give you the options. Ooh, that's quite a bit. Depends on how you wanna take this. Um, I'm gonna go with perception first. Okay, because you are a dire wolf, that is at advantage. Oh, beautiful. So that is a 22 in total. 22 in total. Nice. Um, you start to smell the peach pit. And as you bring your nose away from the peach pit, you're sort of... You are... Your senses are almost attacked by all of the different smells around you. Um, the forest almost itself smells sweet. Um, and you can you can smell the, the earthiness of the dirt around you. But you do just lock onto the scent of a peach. Not the one that Kaylin is holding, but one that is much more fresh. You follow that scent? I raise my uh, head high in the air and give a oh, oh, as I uh, gallivant in the direction of the scent. All right, um, and, and the scent itself comes from deeper within the forest. I, so, I look back to make sure that I haven't left. Kaylin seems to be doing fine. Okay, great. She's great. running right behind you. Great. And as you dart in between the trees, um, going deeper and deeper into the forest, it takes you the better part of a half an hour of, of running and stopping for a couple seconds to reevaluate the smells in the air and get your bearings once more, and then dart in and out of the trees, moving. And Kaylin seems to be keeping pace with you pretty well. After about 45 minutes, the smell of peaches almost gets overwhelming. Mm. As all of a sudden you look around, and just off to your left, one of the only green trees 
in this entire forest, hanging just a little bit lower than the rest of the canopy. You see a peach tree. And just next to it, a makeshift tent that has been set up there. You can see a couple of close trees have sort of been, um, there's, there's been a rope that's been tied around some of these close trees and a tarp that hangs down from it. You can see a raised wooden platform um, keeping a, a bed, a cot, and a table just above the ground. And the remnants of what was a campfire. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna double back. Okay. Uh, and I'm gonna nudge. Uh, I'm gonna nudge Halen with my nose uh, and go very still, and then slowly, slowly walk toward the tent. Okay. And seeing that you're moving forward. Kaylin stops, posts herself up behind a tree, puts her hood up, and makes herself very small as she looks right at you as you move closer and closer in towards this camp. What are you going to be doing? Uh, I want to get... I just want to glean first if, if this camp is occupied or not. Looking around, it doesn't seem to be. Hmm. Okay. Um... In that case, I'm going to start sniffing out the different scents of the camp. Okay. Make another perception check for me. At advantage. <laughs> another 22. Another 22. <laughs> nice. Um, you can smell the campfire. And you can smell the burnt ashes within. Probably a light... no longer than a day ago, relatively recently put out. You can smell, obviously, the peaches that are here. You can smell a, a wide variety of dried meats that are here. You can see a bag right next to the bed that is holding these dry meats. You also get just a, a hint of iron in the air. And as you investigate this, this small little scent of iron, you start to, to look around and you sort of nudge the cot a little bit. And as you nudge the cot, you can just barely see a couple pieces of paper, the same exact blood-soaked paper that Zorakal had given you. These pages, though, are blank. It appears that this is a way of communication between sentinels of the Iron Light. You also see, right next to those blood-stained papers, another stack of papers. You move the cot even further, and you can see what is probably 30 to 40 loose-leaf papers underneath the bed. You look through and you start sifting through them, sort of like nudging some to the side with your nose, and you can see several different bounties. There are some that are letters for help. There are some that are rewards. All of them, though, being based around slaying creatures in the area surrounding Keep. 
you can see that some of them have big X's through them as though marked as, as a completed task. Although one of them does not have this X. In my, in my wolf form, black and white eyes, etc. Can I still, can I make out the text of, or any kind of image or visage of what might be on the one, this particular one that hasn't been marked through? Definitely. Um, so looking through, you can see um, at the very top, a reward of 500 gold pieces. Right below that, you see a little description, but the main thing that catches your eye is a depiction of a giant sea creature. Very squid-like, but massive. You then read the description in the text and discover that there is a, a bounty out for an aquatic creature that has been, for the better part of the last few months, disturbing some of the waters of the river near Keep. Um, you see that there have been some accounts of um, the the fish no longer being there, being driven away by this creature. You see some uh, more extreme accounts of boats being flipped by tentacles coming out of the water. And you see one death that has been as a result of this giant squid creature. Uh, back to my first encounter with the river and the descriptions of the creature from the two humans and what they had described. Uh, before I leave the tent, I want to see if I can go near the resting area, pillows, rucksack, what have you, to see if I can pick up a particular scent of a being unique and of itself. Definitely. Um, going over to the bed, and because your nose has been so keen these um, during this time, you very easily pick up the scent of a, uh, a human being who has probably for at least a couple years called this bed their home. Mm. You can very easily pick up the scent. And if I... Uh check the other parts of the tent or even uh, areas outside uh, how strong does this scent still hang on these areas uh, away from the away from the bed um, about the same as as the warmth of the campfire um, you probably get that the campfire was probably put out at just about the same time as this person left most likely early this morning hmm S22. If I get out of wild shape, I can't go back in at this point. So I'm walking over back toward Kaylin and I'm She going... steps out from behind the tree at this point, seeing that there's no one there, puts her hood down. Uh, uh, and I'm going to jump up and pat my paws uh, against the tent and then shift my body and then out toward the forest again, and then pat my paws against the the direction of out toward the forest. Uh, but before I do anything drastic, I'm gonna point my nose up into the middle of the air and inhale deeply and see if there's any 
any aroma or even faint essence of what I smelled on the bed. Definitely. Um, I'm going to have you make one last perception check for me. Still at advantage. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Can we do a little better? Nope. 21. 21. Um, You sort of have to rid your nose of the peach smell first. But as soon as you do, you're able to pick up this new scent and you smell that it goes directly north. I lift my head into the air and get and uh, take off toward that direction. All right, and almost caught by surprise, Kaylin has to take a second before running after you. Um, <laughs> but she does follow quickly behind you. As you relatively quickly make your way out of the forest and once again into the open air, you can see the river now um, sort of starting to widen uh, as it is getting closer and closer towards the ocean. But you continue on, and after a couple minutes of running, you dodge your way in and out of the sparse trees that are now here, you come across a small stone structure. There's a small wooden door at the front. And it seems as though that this stone structure goes into the ground. It's almost angled down towards the ground. It doesn't seem like a full house or structure made of stone. It seems like an entryway into something deeper. There is a wooden door on the front, though. What would you like to do? Mm, uh, I'm going to, as soon as I reach the structure, double back, uh, get up and pat my paws against the ground, look over my shoulder at the structure. But then I'm just going to, then I'm just going to pause and look up and uh, kind of open my mouth, stick my tongue out, and then just like pant a little bit, uh, <laughs> like looking up for some kind of uh, response, like eyes wide. All right, and uh, seeing that, Kaylin once again puts her hood up, completely shadowing her face, takes out her sword, taps it twice, alights it with these green flames, and slowly reaches her hand out towards the door. She looks to you to see if you are, in fact, ready and attentive. Yes. And seeing that, she opens up the door, creaks open, and the first thing you hear is, uh, as a chill runs down your spine, as this cold air emerges from this tunnel. You can see in front of you a stone tunnel that now, you being a direwolf, you would just barely be able to squeeze into, descending down into the ground. Kaylin cautiously takes a couple of steps forward. She puts her sword out in front of her as the green flames alight the tunnel on the interior, and you can just barely start to hear the echoing of drops of water hitting stone, echoing off of this small tunnel. Kaylin moves in slowly. Are you following? Yes. Okay. As you follow deeper and deeper into this tunnel, 
the stone around you becomes more and more wet. There's there's this natural moisture in here that is almost rotting the inside, and you can see moss, and at certain points, almost uh, seaweed-like plants hanging from the the gaps in the stone above you. I'm having the urge to, like, pant and whimper, but I have to stop myself realizing that any noise I make might be picked up by... And any noise that you make will definitely echo. Would echo. For sure. Yeah, so I stop myself. So as you move down and down and down, you travel for the better part of 10 minutes down into this tunnel before just off in the distance, you can see a slight, almost turquoise glow as the room opens up in front of you. Well, It's still about 100 feet in front of you. So what would you like to do? Wait, what? There's a turquoise light emanating from there? You can see at the end of this tunnel, there seems to be, it opens up into a larger room, it seems like. And it seems like this room is lit by some sort of turquoise light. Hmm. The source of which you cannot determine at this point. I look up at Kalen. Do I see any uh, reaction or indication from her of, of... of what, uh, of what's what's going through her head? You see steadfast determination. You see someone who has got their mind set on a goal. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna trace the wall of this place and see if I can angle around to see if get if if moving over to one side will will allow me to see more clearly into what's in the center of the room. Okay, um, you, as a direwolf, you're pretty much, each shoulder is pretty much scraping up against this, this, uh, stone tunnel. Hmm. So you would have to pretty much stick your head out of the end of the tunnel into the larger room in order to see around. Ah, okay. Uh, then in that case, I would like to stick, I would like to really quickly just dart my head out of the where the tunnel is and then pull it very quickly back uh, into the tunnel again and see if for a split second I can see what's happening in there. Okay, for sure. Um, You look out and in this brief moment, you see the carved stone tunnel that led you down here completely ends. Now it opens up into a natural cavern all around you. You can see um, different levels within this cavern uh, of... of, um, it seems water damage against the rock. And you can see the source of this turquoise light. You can see a a river of water moving along this the interior of this, this cavern. And you can see on the inside, there seems to be bioluminescent plants and algae that have lit up this cavern, making the entire thing this, this blue-green turquoise color. And just in that brief moment, you saw on the other side of this river, or this this stream on the interior of this cavern, two figures, two humanoid figures. Just their outlines, just the fact that they're there. You see two silhouettes. Two yes. silhouettes. Uh, so I do, I, I, back in the tunnel, uh, is there enough space to, to like turn my body around completely and regard uh, Kalen? 
or am you, I just, you'd really have to squeeze you'd have really to take have to a squeeze. second but okay. you, you would be able to do it yeah okay turn my body around got to squeeze and go around and, and look up and uh, I'm going to attempt to communicate with Kaylin. I'm going to put my paws and tap my paw twice on one foot and tap my paw twice on another foot uh, sweep my nose up twice uh, and my intent is to communicate that there's like that there are people on the other side so there are there are four of them I shake my head <laughs> and then I just tap twice on one foot there's two of them I shake my head in approval um did you did you see who either of them were uh, I shake my head, but then I also just squint my eyes. I see. Well. I, uh... You, you said you were confident that, that you smelled Donna's scent coming down here, yes? Nod my head in approval. Well. One of them must be... Must be her. And you hear now echoing off of these caverns. You hear a woman's voice. What are you talking about? This is not... It's not what we do. I'm not going to be a part of this this bullshit. You're not going to make... Listen, I'm doing good work here. And that is not going to be be stopped by your stupid agenda. You're taking a complete left turn. We do good work. And yeah, that that comes at a certain cost. But I, no, I'm not, we're not going to be doing what you're asking. I'm sorry. I do, do I register, can I register a change come across Kaylin's face as, as, as she processes this? Yeah, you see, um, she's almost, almost inquisitive, sort of confused, listening in. I turn around from, from where she is, and I, like, wrench my body back so that I'm facing toward the, the entrance, but then I assume, like, uh, kind of like, the wolf like canine version of like getting started at the at like at the starting line of a race or something i'm just like like rustling my back and and like getting like inching my way forward toward the entrance as i tap my tail twice uh behind me all right and as you do that you can hear the sound that uh that metal sliding on metal sound that you at this point know fairly well of a sword being unsheathed rather quickly. And then not even but a second later, you hear a second one being unsheathed as soon enough you hear two swords clashing against each other. Oh, I'm gonna spring out then from from where I'm hiding and immediately uh, dive my way in between these two figures as okay. quickly as I can. I'm going to have you roll initiative. Yeah. 18. 
18. 18, nice. All right, so um, as you get into that starter position, that that sort of running uh, pose, Kaylin gets out just in front of you. She sees that you've taken this pose, and she, with no hesitation, um, begins running out from this cavern. Um, she, yeah, she's gonna take the lead, and let's see, she's gonna use her full movement. Yeah, she's gonna use her full movement to just get up um, on this sort of uh, bank of the river that's running through this this stream. She's gonna quickly take out her bow, notch an arrow, and fire it at the two fighting. And how far did she move away? How what what was what is the distance she? She moved thirty feet. Thirty. Okay. Yes. Cool and was just able to get up to the edge of the stream. Um, And as she fires her arrow, um, it flies through the air and it goes fairly wild. You can't even tell who she's aiming at um, as it hits the rock wall behind these two that are now in combat. Next up, Shreya, what are you doing? So I'm gonna tail uh, Kaylin, but I I actually have 50 feet of movement. Uh, but I'm wondering, because it looks like this river is, is like, in some places it's shorter, but in other places it's wider. I'm wondering if, as a uh, large beast, I might be able to jump across this river in one of the parts of it. It would uh, definitely be possible. It depends where you want to do that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up right next to right next to Kalen, and then survey the river to see where that I mean that's going to take an action to be able to survey the best spot to do that definitely yeah Um, you can see just off to your left you can see a good spot that is a little bit shorter unfortunately the movement that you've taken coming up to the river you would have to take a couple of steps back to get a running leap and you just at this point just don't have enough um, movement but you you have determined the best place to jump across and you feel fairly confident when when you're able to if you backed up 10 feet you'd be able to jump across this fairly easily all right then i'm going to prepare to do that okay you prepare your jump next up you see these two figures now that you're in the cavern itself and that you're a little bit closer you can see a human woman who is across the way, you can see a green and brown pauldron on their side with tufts of fur just underneath. Um, And you know this to be a a symbol that someone is a sentinel of the Iron Light Collective. That is sort of their, their symbology. She has this pauldron on. She has her sword out. And she is currently clashing swords with this other figure who looks fairly similar to the way that Kaelin looks at the moment. You can see a long black cloak. You can see a hood that is completely covering their face. And the only discernible feature is an arm that is extended, gripping a sword with a green flame on it. As these two go back and forth, 
Donna lunges forward with her sword and this hooded figure darts to the side, taking that momentum, swinging the sword back around and lunging forward at Donna. They make contact. Donna is just able to deflect it so it's not a deadly blow, just able to deflect it upward. And this creature that lunges forward slices the area just between their shoulder and their neck, dealing 11 points of slashing damage and six points of fire damage as Donna reels back from that attack. Next up, Kaylin. Kaylin, sort of seeing a similar route that Shreya saw. She's gonna also back up 10 feet. She's gonna use her movement to run and jump across this river. As she jumps, you can see the depth beneath her. It's about a 10 foot drop to this stream that's running through. Woof. Woof. As she flies through the air, a tentacle <gasps> bursts from the river. No. Reaching up with a splash of water, wrapping itself around Kaylin and dragging her down into the water. She completely disappears under the water. Oh no. Next up, Shreya, what do you want to do? So, so it was that fast, like... It was just that fast. I run up to the river's edge. Uh, I'm going to scan the river for, like, bubbles, movement, sloshing, anything. You can see the water has been has been completely disturbed there is there's ripples in the water it makes it very difficult to see what's underneath the only thing that you're able to track is this magically lit sword that has these green flames you can just barely see the sword still magically alight under the water thrashing back and forth though it does seem to be going deeper and deeper i am going to dive into the river Okay. and plunge, like, give okay. myself as much of a running start that I was going to use to jump across is now going to be used to dive as deeply toward that tentacle, well, that, if I can even see it as I can, and and paddle as deeply as I can, and my intent is to bite the hell out of that tentacle if I find it. Okay. Um, you dive into it. I'm going to have you make a perception check as all of a sudden... You need to see underwater. Okay. I'm going to make a perception. 16. 16. You dive under the water, and this water is is nearly crystal clear once you, once you break the surface. The surface itself was disturbed by all of the activity, but once you get under it, you can see relatively clearly. You see not one tentacle wrapping around Kaylin, but a second one that is coming to wrap around her third one and you can see lining the bottom of this stream like veins these massive tentacles and you can see them leading to a much larger body down this stream I'm gonna have you make an attack roll for me as you plunge down you're gonna try and bite one of the tentacles well can I I would love to specify that the tentacle that I'm like aiming to bite, fixing to bite, if you will, uh, is one that might be holding itself around the core 
of Kay- like of Kalen's. The one that Definitely. has the best grasp. Definitely. On Kalen. For sure. Okay, make that attack roll. All right. That is going to be a 12 to hit. A 12 does hit. You are oh, able to God. reach your jaws down and sink them into this tentacle. You can feel an initial um, pull of the muscle within the tentacle. I'm going to have you roll your damage for me. Yeah, absolutely. That is going to be uh, eight points of piercing damage. Eight points as of piercing my teeth damage. sink into it. Okay, you can feel the tentacle um, weakened as your teeth mash into this thing. Is and as you rile back and forth, you can feel it just starting to become loose. It is not fully broken yet, though. Okay, next up, the two continue. Their battle above the water. You have no idea what's happening above the water. Um, Next up, Kaylin. She is going to... Seeing where you bit into the tentacle, she is going to take a reverse grip on her sword, uh, lunge it forward, and slice back over the exact marks that you had taken with your teeth. And the sword dives deep enough to do some damage. That is going to be just enough damage to where she slices through about half of the tentacle, leaving only half. But you can see this magical flame that makes its way over onto the tentacle and burns away the other half as it completely snaps off. She in a frantic motion, um, begins to, to grip the tentacle and try and rip it off of her as she becomes free and begins swimming up towards the surface. Shreya, what are you doing? I'm following up toward the surface as well, uh, using as much, you know, swift swimming as I can to, uh, I'll, and even if I'm behind her, I'll like push her with my snout to get, to get her up faster. Okay, I'm gonna have you make a dexterity saving throw for me. Great. As one of these these tentacles from the depths of this stream rise up and attempt to wrap itself around your leg before you can break the surface. Okay. Natural 20. Natural 20. You can feel this <laughs> this tentacle begin to come up and wrap around your back canine leg, but as you are swimming up towards the surface, um, your back claws just kick it away and sort of scratch at it enough to where it retreats and jerks back down underneath the water. You break the surface. What are you doing? Uh, do I see Kaylin climbing? Uh, am I, I mean, in my wolf form do i have enough i mean what is the what does the other end of this shoreline look like in terms of our ability to get up onto the other side you see it is a pretty sheer cliff face about 10 feet on either side um there are definitely rocks to climb up and you can see kaylin starting to grab some of those rocks and getting footholds although for a dire wolf it's gonna be tricky i will say that uh so i'm going to first attempt to climb it in this form uh, using the uh, rivets of the, and this might actually take you up even more movement based on what I'm perceiving, uh, but I'm going to see if I can, you know, do the, the side to side switch backing yeah. to see if I can find a path up the sheer cliff face to, to inch my way up. All right, I'm going to have you uh, 
because you are doing a switchback, I'm gonna have you make an acrobatics check. Okay. In that case, acrobatics. With the wolf, it should just be adding your dex. Adding the dex, okay, great. 16. 16, it would take the rest of your movement, but you just are able to get your front paws up onto the top ledge. Which ledge are you are you climbing? The one of the entrance that you came in or the one on the side where um, the two figures are fighting? The two, the where, where the two figures are fighting, which I would imagine is the same one that, that, that Kaylin's climbing up as well? That is correct. All right, yes. that's what I figured. Okay, you are just able to get yourself up to that crest. Is part of my body still exposed to the river? It is. Ah, okay. Next up. As you as you just crest over this top, you look forward and you see these two figures still engaged in combat. Each um, each clash with the sword sparks these green embers that fly off of their swords. You can see parries going back and forth. Um, as Donna makes one huge swing towards this creature. Yeah, you can see that they just jump back out of the way of, of the swing. Donna completely missing all of her attacks. Um, then you can see the hooded figure lunges forward with their sword in a massive striking motion. Once again, hitting Donna. This time, burying itself deep within her left arm. You can see it almost breaks through the bone of her left arm as her left arm completely goes limp, seemingly useless now, as this figure has sliced almost all the way through it. You can see that they then take another attack, this time aiming for the, the, the legs of Donna. They lunge forward and their sword completely slices through the thigh of Donna as she reels back, drops down to one knee and brings her sword back up to continue defending herself. Next up, Kaylin finishes climbing out of this stream. She crests the top, passes you, Shreya, as another tentacle reaches out. Ah, knew it. But in a quick flurry with her sword, she turns around and deflects this tentacle and almost sends it back reeling into the water itself as she is completely free to move forward. She runs up towards the conflicting pair. Using her entire movement as well as her action to make it up. Wow. As she used her action, she's going to take a defensive stance there. Shreya, what are you doing? Uh, tailing her. I'm following her all the way up. Okay, I'm going to have you make a dexterity saving throw for me. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come uh, on. Oh, uh, 21. A 21. Um, now, seeing that, that Kaylin has deflected this tentacle, it then seems to divert its attention to you. But you've seen Kaylin... Uh, deflect it, so it doesn't come as a surprise to you. As it lunges forward, you're just able to jump out of the way. <laughs> All right, what are you doing? I am 
bolting right behind uh, where Kaylin is and steadying myself next to Kaylin and looking up. And I'm, I'm just going to... I'm just going to be right next to her, waiting for her move. All right. Um, you can use your full movement to run up and be right in the fray. Yes. All right. Donna, seeing that new creature, she has she does not know if you are friend or foe. She is going to drop her sword raise her hand up in the air a and and coalesce a ball of green energy within her hand she slams it down onto the ground and in a very similar way that you have seen Flynn cast before uh, she is going to cast thunder wave oh boy all right i am going to have shraya Make a constitution saving throw. Uh, okay, okay. That's a six, so uh, yeah, that's it's gonna fail. Okay, um, as this this energy pulses out, everyone is gonna take nine points of thunder damage. And you are all pushed back 10 feet away from Donna. As she, as she desperately tries to, to gain any ground for her to retreat. Kaylin's pushed back 10 feet. Shry, you are pushed back 10 feet. And the hooded figure is also pushed back 10 feet. Although, the hooded figure, close enough to a wall, where instead of backing up the full 10 feet, they are thrown up against this wall. You can see their back make full contact with the wall. As the air leaves their chest, they drop down to one knee. And from the inside of their cloak, Shry, you can see a small totem fall to the ground. Mm. Kaylin is going to run forward towards this assailant and take a couple of swings. Her first sword attack, lunging forward, yeah, the hooded creature parries her attack. She takes a second swing and makes contact with this creature's side, almost near their ribs. Though it doesn't seem to go deep, the damage is done when Kaelin forcefully rips the sword out, seemingly slicing further into this creature's side. Shry, what are you doing? I'm going to run up to the hooded figure and uh, launch myself toward... Uh, toward its, but the area between its arm and its chest, and try to sink my teeth in right there with a bite, bite attack. Okay, make an attack roll. Which is, and I have advantage in this because I have an ally. Pack tactics, which is good because that roll was really bad. But unfortunately, the other roll was not that much better. Uh, yeah, that is a nine to hit. A nine does not hit. Um, as this creature brings its sword up to your your mashing teeth and puts the palm of their hand on the blunt side of their sword and just forces your teeth away from, from their body. Next up, Donna is going to 
reach into her her back pocket. She's going to take out Shry. What you can see are it's like a handful of herbs. She brings it up to her arm and mashes these herbs into her her injured and at this point useless arm, seemingly trying to pack it. She's going to spend her action doing that. Next up, the hooded figure. is going to raise their hand up in the air. A small coalescence of green energy forms. As they transfer that energy down to their leg, slam it into the ground, that is gonna be another thunder wave. Oh boy. So I'm gonna need you to make another constitution saving throw. Okay. 10. This die is does not save. Going against me. As Kaylin is also pushed back. That is going to be 10 points of thunder damage. And push back 10 feet. This creature is going to, in blinding speed, run up face to face with Donna. They're going to put both of their hands on their sword now, um, both on the hilt of their sword, and reel back and take a powerful powerful swing as this hooded creature swings with their sword and before their swing is even finished Donna is fully decapitated no the hooded figure takes the rest of their movement to run towards the exit. You can see now a tunnel that continues on and leads further down into whatever catacombs lay ahead. Kaylin is going to dash forward towards the body of Donna. As she kneels down, she's gonna drop her sword, take out her bow and attempt to fire an arrow into the back of this hooded creature. As the arrow lands, it buries itself deep into its shoulder, but the creature continues running, continues their momentum. Shreya, what are you doing? I mean, I've got 50 feet, so I could theoretically catch up to the hooded figure and take one more bite, right? That is true. All right, then that's, I'm gonna lunge forward with renewed strength and vigor after seeing Donna fall and reach out and bite at the heels of this retreating foe. Okay, make an attack roll for me. Come on, come on, come on. That's, uh, that's an eight. You try to, but as soon as you can actually reach out and attack, the hooded creature has already taken two, two more steps and you're just not able to sink your teeth in as the hooded creature continues and uses their movement to run towards the exit, they get just into the tunnel. Once again, raise their hand up. Green energy surges down to their leg, stomp it onto the ground, shaking the entire cavern around them as rocks fall from the ceiling. Ceiling. 
from your advancement. <sighs> the foe is now gone. Try. what are you doing? I'm going to walk up next to Kaylin. Dejected, saunter back up to... You can see Kaylin has already spilled out all of her medical supplies onto the ground. Whoa. And as she looks amongst them, you can see some herbal. You can see some potions. But as she looks across them, she looks up to the fully decapitated head of Donna and begins shaking her head. She cannot do anything. Hey. Just wander over there and I look into Kaylin's eyes and then look back over at Donna and 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 just bury my face in the ground and put my paws above my face. You can see Kaylin's face as her eyes begin to water up. And as she stands, she uh, she <sighs> sort of wipes the water away from her eyes, and you can see a change in her face. Almost a, a deliberate change in her mood go from sad to focused, and then to angry. As she starts pacing back and forth, Damn it, damn it, damn it. At this point, uh, I see my paws just completely and totally bury my face in the earth below, but this, the sweeping motion of the paws and its continuation almost seems to form like a sewing machine's ferocity as my face and my head just completely get buried and buried and buried and and then in a spindle-like motion uh the the shards of of transformation uh almost machine-like like a like a like a ball of yarn being unwound splays me back out into my original form as shraya and i roll over and use my staff to to pick myself up off the ground. I'm afraid we weren't fast enough. No, I, I don't think we were. We might have been, but she walks over towards a little pile of rocks. She picks up one of the rocks. She walks over towards the edge of the stream. She looks down into the stream. She grabs, you can't quite tell what it is, but it seems to be a, some sort of plant, a leaf from her back pocket. She rubs it along the rock. She whispers an incantation into the rock. As the rock all of a sudden glows green, she reaches her hand out over the ledge of the stream. She drops the rock in. And you hear the rock hit the water. Boom. And after a couple of seconds, as you can hear an explosion go off underneath the water, 
She walks back over towards you. What? What? What was that? What, what did you do? Well, not enough to kill it, but... If it weren't for that thing, you might have gotten over here sooner. What? What was that thing? I would assume that that was what Donna was here to kill. And the figure that hastily escaped? I did not see who it was. Would it be any kind of association that that figure may have with the creature in the depths? By your estimation of this part of the world? I simply don't know if that creature has enough intelligence to be making deals with any other creatures. What of their conversation before Donna perished? It seemed to me that there was other deal-making going on, and that Donna had rejected one such deal. It appears that her rejection of the deal was what was her downfall. It seems to me that there is a sort of recruitment happening. And it is possible that anyone who does not wish to be a part of that recruitment is on the kill list. Perhaps Donna got in over her head. Perhaps. Were you able to see any distinguishing features of that creature? Well, uh, and I'd like to tap back into my creature memory banks for anything my senses might have picked up about the figure as I attempted at least to bite it a few times. I don't think I ever actually got to sink my teeth into it. Um, yeah. Humanoid creature, just under six foot, medium build. You were not able to determine what race they were. That was just about all that you got. Would I have been able to smell anything on them? That would be distinguishing as I was, you know, close enough to bite them, but missing. Good question. You, uh, it is not a smell that you have deliberately picked up in the past. Hmm. You don't really have a frame of reference as being a dire wolf. You could pick up the, the peaches from the peach pit because as a dire wolf you smelled the peach pit and were able to get that sense as you haven't smelled many other creatures with this keen of sense of a dire wolf it's very difficult to place that it's so it's basically it, it did have a distinct scent it's just nothing that i would be able to match it to if you smelled that scent again as a dire wolf you i'd be, be able, able to, to, match it. to match it right correct Well, um, would you help me take this body back? We have certain rituals. Of course. Any way that I can help carry out the rights of a fallen hero like this, be more 
more than happy to do so. Now that I've found you and completed my mission, to at least find you, the only other business I have up here is to somehow communicate back with the band of fellows from which I came and to let them know that can wait until these rites are carried out. Well, I'd like to deal with the body as soon as possible. Of course. But now that there is not much for me to do here in Keed, I would kindly request that if you indeed travel with Flynn and Zorkal, you might take me back to them. I feel like that might be my best course of action. Well, I think the tentative plan was at some point to meet with them anyway. So if we stick together, we will see them again. All right. Help me with this body. All right. Before before I leave, um, I just want to... Didn't you say the... Uh, it was like a totem or something that was dropped? Yes. Um, it was a... Um, as, as you're looking, um, you see a, a little... Um, uh, a uh, little marble totem. Probably only three inches tall. But it seems to be a carving of a bear. Hmm. I'm gonna... You can see um, a, uh, a a little string attached to it, and that string on one end is broken, where it seems to have uh, been broken off of wherever was hanging on this creature. I'm going to pick it up. Uh... This might be some sort of key into how we could find this being in the future. Look was dropped during the battle. A single clue is better than none, I suppose. More information, that is always good. Does this have any sort of resemblance to any kind of culture in these Northlands? None that I've seen. I tuck the, this totem under my wing. All right, we should get out of here. Yes, I suppose so. you have any suggestions on how we get across the stream now? Mm, maybe quite difficult. May take some doing. Perhaps I could carry them with my arms and try to fly across the expanse. I suppose that would work. I guess I'll take her head. I wince and hang my head down just for a second. Um, just give me one moment. And Kaylin lights her sword once more and um, somewhat gruesomely uh, cauterizes the wounds where it is, where the blood is coming from. So you will no longer have a bleeding corpse with you. Mm. But after she does that, she sort of takes the head Let's you take the body. I'm going to have you make a strength check for me. All right. There we go. Natural 20. Natural 20. You, like take, you take this body by the shoulders. You fly it up as close to the ceiling as you can get. 
and come back down on the other side, landing very gently as to be respectful of the body. Kaylin looks down over the edge. She sees the tentacles writhing in the stream. She takes a couple steps back, times her jump, jumps across, and as one tentacle reaches up from the stream in one fluid motion mid-air, she takes her sword, swings back, cuts off the tip of, of the tentacle, lands on the other side, and continues walking next to you. Badass. <laughs> so, as you are heading out of this tunnel, you get to the uh, the end of the tunnel, you get to the door, you open it, and you are greeted with a night sky filled with stars. Ugh, touched my head back. I haven't seen stars like this since... I remember back to the time where I was this far north on the in the region of the world. Yes, it's very nice. Um, I believe we should should yes continue yes. on. Of course, of course. And she leads you into the forest, and she stops after a little ways. She takes out her sword. She starts chopping at some of the trees, getting some wood getting some branches together, lays out a large pile of twigs and some foliage. She snaps her fingers and a very small green flame appears between her her fingers. She tosses it down onto the pile as the pile alights in green flame. You and her take the body, put it onto the flames, and as the green flames overtake the body, it doesn't simply burn as you would expect something normally to. It almost covers it and encases it. And as these green flecks of energy begin to fly away, the body disappears and dissipates. And you look up as these thousand points of, of green light emerge and fly up into the sky and drift away on the breeze. The green fire before you dies and you are both left in silence. <laughs> well, um, that's it. Uh, we're good to move on. Boys, does, uh, does the specks of the green sparks Fade into the, to the air. Um, I send up uh, a couple of swirls of, of druidic energy from the center of my crystal that double helix and pulse out into the night sky as well. I didn't know her, but seeing the needless death reflecting on my own experiences with loss, the ways I've lost myself and feel distanced from the second kind of longing, the longing for family, though my found family is so far away. The true nature of sacrifice comes into my mind. And there is a newfound respect and a knowing that 
can't ever let this happen again. Go wherever her soul is headed. It'll have a rightful rest. A gentle sleep among the ancient dead. And with that resolve in your head and that that steadfast feeling to move forward in your mission, Shreya, you level up. No way. Yep. Oh, yes! <laughs> Where shall we go now? I was going to ask you that. <laughs> Where are we meeting up with everyone else? I heard some rumblings as I was leaving. <laughs> I don't know how well I was hearing this, but that there might be a meeting point in Saddlemount. Well, it's a long walk. Yes. We better get started. Yes, we'd better. And that is where we're going to end this session. <laughs> we're going to call it right there. As Shreya and <laughs> Kalen begin their long journey back to Saddlemount. Trek. And trek back to Saddlemount. No, now no longer being able to fly. Yeah. Um, that is where we're going to call it. Thank you all so much for listening. We can't wait to see you all again next week. Bye, nerds. Bye, nerds. Hey, nerds. It's Ethan. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to like, share, and subscribe across whatever platform you're listening on, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even on YouTube. Hey, we've got a YouTube channel. Um, every week we post highlights and spotlights from the previous week. So if you are looking to get into the previous week's episode and get yourself excited for the Tuesday episode, be sure to head over and watch and listen to those. It's, it's a great way to catch up. And uh, we can't wait to see you all over there. Bye, nerds.